This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we are celebrating the men's track and field team taking back the Maine State Outdoor Championship from Bowdoin. Plus the softball and baseball teams won NASCAT games in thrilling fashion and the men's club ice hockey team just returned from China. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. After starting 0-4, the Bates baseball team is over the 500 mark for the first time this season after the Bobcats defeated Thomas College 16-3 on Monday to improve their record to 13-12. Of course, the biggest win over the past week came on Friday when the Bobcats defeated Bowden 3-2, improving to 4-3 in NASCAC East Division play. Junior captain Jack Aaron smacked a two-RBI single in the seventh inning to give Bates the lead for good, and junior Nolan Collins tossed a complete game five-hitter to earn his fifth win of the season. After the win, we caught up with head coach John Martin. Nolan's our guy. I mean, he's a bulldog. He wants the ball. He wants to compete. He loves the, the light on him. He loves the action. Um, Nolan is a true competitor, and I think his just his competitive juices took over today. Trusted his stuff. Um, his fastball had a little life on it, which is usual for him. And uh, and he, you know what? He did what he wanted to do with the slider for the most part. He would back it up on a righty if he wanted. He'd bury it on a righty if he wanted. Back foot lefties a couple times. I mean, he had both of those pitches that he felt like he could throw at any count to any hitter, and that's that's what got him through. He did a great job. Holden got a couple runs in the first inning. After that, it was lights out. Did he make any adjustments, do you notice, or was that just a matter of maybe finding a little bit less of the plate? Uh, I think he was maybe just kind of overthrowing a little bit early because he felt good and uh, just kind of left pitches in the zone. I mean, I... You know, that, uh, the, to string four hits together with two outs is really hard to do, yeah. and I think there's some luck involved in that too. Right. Um, and I think he just left a couple pitches over that got in there, and that's all it was. And then what did it bat by Justin White right before Aaron's base hit there in the seventh, right, drawing that walk? I mean, this guy just grinds out at bats, and you have him in the leadoff spot for a reason, I guess, right? Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> you, amongst other people, question that. But we, um, you know, you just got to trust that we have an idea of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but he um, – he he just he just battles, man. He just battles, and he's not scared to hit with two outs. He's not scared to hit with two strikes. Um, he's, uh, you know, Whitey knows how to hit, and I have confidence in him when he gets up to the plate that he can get a job done. So, and he did it today. And then Aaron, known for his patience, draws a lot of walks, jumped on that first pitch to rip the single there. Right? Yeah, Jack's. I mean, Jack's been locked in all season. Yeah. You know, and uh, it seems like if he's not drawing a walk, he's finding a way to get on base somehow, some way. Um, so obviously. Uh, we wanted those couple guys up, those two guys up in spots, you know, but he um, he did an awesome job behind the dish also today. For them, Lopez retired the first nine batters he faced, and you guys seemed five to figure strikes. it out, right? Yeah, five strikeouts too. Um, yeah, he's a good pitcher. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, fastball slider guy, and uh, he was down. He was throwing strikes. He kind of has, he'll quick pitch you. He'll hesitate a little bit and kind of try to throw you off. And, um, you know, we were just able to get into him in a couple big spots that we needed to. So it was good. It was a nice job. On Monday, the NASCAC honored Collins by naming him the NASCAC Pitcher of the Week for the second time this season. Collins matched his career high with eight strikeouts against the Polar Bears, and he has been the winning pitcher in two of Bates' four NASCAC East wins this season. We chatted with Collins in the dugout after Bates' win Monday over Thomas. 
we started off just all fastballs pretty much, and they just started swinging first pitch and getting some some hits. But once once I started mixing my curveball and slider, and it was it was it was pretty uh, automatic. It was fun. Uh, it was great. Everyone played well, and it just all came together. You know, one run game, obviously. You know, ninth inning, you're back out there trying to get that complete game. We've talked about before. <laughs> First guy reaches base. I What's know. going through your mind? I was like, here we go again. But no, I, I was. I just knew that if I kept making pitches, I'd be able to do do all right. But uh, I mean, it really just comes down to being able to throw strikes in those situations and having the the, the mental ability to do it too. It's good. Jack Aaron is over there making some noises, trying yeah. to distract yeah, us. Um, we've had him. On, we've had Jack on the show. Before. Of course, you work with him. He's yeah. roommate. Yeah. What's it like having him behind the plate? Oh, it's great. You know, he works hard. He uh, he limits pass balls. He throws guys out. He's a, he's a really good all-around catcher, and we have a really good relationship. We kind of just know which like our sequencing. Like, if he didn't even put down signs, I would be throwing what he wants me to throw. So, it's just really good chemistry, good relationship, and it really pays off on on weekends. We've talked about how, you know, trying to make that NESCAC tournament. Obviously, Tufts and Trinity both off to really good starts. Mm-hmm. Doubleheader against Bowdoin on Saturday postponed to May. That means you probably get to face them again, right? I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I, I haven't had a conversation yeah. with Coach about it, but right. I, I would I think that's the plan. So that that would be a good, you know, just get another NESCAC start and then uh, just better stats for it. When you face a team for, like, a second time, what as a pitcher, do you, you know they've seen you before. Do you mm-hmm. have to make some adjustments, or do you just trust what you normally do? Personally, I feel more comfortable pitching to a team that I've seen before, uh-huh. just because I, I know hitters would probably say that about a pitcher right. they've seen before too. But it's just because you know, like weaknesses, holes in their swings, just kind of anything that leaves them vulnerable. So, and Jack and I, we pay attention to that kind of stuff. So, and so do the coaches. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about them. Like catching on to what I'm doing. I think if I just pitch my game, we'll, we'll be able to get out of it. So, And we're talking right after this Monday game, a convincing win for the Bobcats over Thomas College. You got to sit back and watch, and it was great to see a lot of guys get in there. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, everyone got some time. Uh, we got the we got the bats going a little bit, so it was nice. Uh, it's good. Good. It's a good start to the week, honestly. Just having guys go out there midweek and dominate, it's its always a good sign. And then Foley, who got the start, he was rolling there for a bit, too. What did you see yeah. from him? Uh, a lot of strikes. He was coming out of his hand nice. Uh, he's, he's been pitching really well for us this year, and it's important that we have that on, on weekends. So nice tune-up for him, and uh, he looked good. So. Seems like the starters for the Bobcats, especially the weekend starters in NESCAC play, like yourself and Foley and whatnot, you guys really do pound the strike zone. Not too many walks out there, right? That's that's our goal. That's yeah. that's Coach Martin's thing. Is yeah. throw strikes. Good thing will happen. Keep it at the knees. That's 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 what he says. So uh, and it works. So that's 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 what we're going after. You, know, you guys have a midweek game coming up here Wednesday against Southern Maine. They're one of the top-ranked teams in the country. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is not like your typical midweek game, I suppose, no, right? What are you looking not. forward to this? Yeah, it'll be good to see. Uh, it'll be good to see how we compete against them. Uh, they're a really good ball club. They can swing it. They have good arms. But uh, hopefully, I think we'll be able to hang with them. They shouldn't be. I mean, any team can play with anyone on any day, and I think we're good enough to hang with them and, and give them a run. So. And that's a, probably a good thing for the hitters just to see some really high-quality pitching yeah. before some more NESCAC games here this weekend, right? Yeah, definitely. It's always good to see good competition, especially right before a, a big conference series. So I'm excited for it. I mean, I think I'm, I'm interested to see how we do. So it should be good.
Any other thoughts on your first career nine-inning complete game here at Bates? Uh, it was fun. I mean, just going out there and doing it all yourself, it's, it's all right. But obviously the, the, field, the fielding behind us is good. Yeah. So it's, it's good just going out there and being able to throw strikes and get through a game against a team like that. It's, it's just a lot of fun. It's, uh, that's ma the main thing. It's yeah. just I love it. So. Nolan Collins, he is once again the NASCAR Pitcher of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you, Aaron. After a rough start to the season, the Bates softball team has won eight of its last 11 games, and they are 4-4 four four in NESCAC East play. This past week saw the Bobcats sweep the University of Southern Maine in a Wednesday doubleheader. Then Bates defeated UMaine Farmington 4-1 on Thursday before splitting a NESCAC East Division doubleheader with Trinity on Friday. After dropping Game 1 4-2, Bates bounced back in style, winning 3-2 in Game 2 on a walk-off single from senior Andrea Russo. Leading 1-0 heading into the 7th inning, the Bobcats surrendered a pair of runs, falling behind 2-1 with just three outs remaining. But a Mary Collette RBI single tied the game before Russo won it with her single up the middle. Head coach Mikkel Barnes was thrilled. Holy moly. <laughs> I could not be more proud of them. Um, you know, the first game... It was a little tough of, of a game, and in between games, we challenged them to come back and just be better, be be yourself, um, because they're so great. So just be yourself, and they did, and the, and I couldn't be more proud of them. I mean, got a little testy there in the seventh inning, right, top of the seventh, and we give up, you know, the one run lead against a good team, and it would be so easy for them to crumble, and they didn't, and I just am so proud of them. What was message maybe between innings, or was there any message perhaps between the top and bottom half? Um, you know, it was, it was simply just don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop. I mean, everything you've done to this point in this game has been great and don't stop and, um, and believe and will yourself right here. And, and they did. For sure. Last year, I know you had a couple of close ones with Trinity. Um, today, obviously the first game, it looks like fell behind four, nothing, but then rally a little bit, cut the lead to four to two, at least. What was the difference maybe the, between the first inning and the first game and the rest of the entire doubleheader, I guess? I mean, you could just feel a difference. And I don't know if I can put my thumb on anything in particular, but you could just feel a difference. I think um, the energy, the belief, the the support, the camaraderie with uh, amongst each other, um, it just felt different from the very beginning. And that was what we challenged them in between games to do, and they brought it. Um, you know, we, we left a, a lot of runs on base in that first game. And, you know, KP had one tough inning in that first inning there, and, um, and then she locked in after that. But um, this is such a game of emotion. And to be able to control your emotions and to be able to will yourself into the emotions that, that really ignite um, you know, that passion and that, that fervor to win was really some, something special to see. Well, speaking of, you know, Kristen Pelletier, KP, she's throwing both halves of the doubleheader. She hasn't done that previous years typically, right? So this is kind of new for her, but clearly she's doing pretty well with it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, she just, she just digs deep and whatever gas she has in the tank, she gives it her all. And that's, uh, we know that that's coming every pitch, every game, doubleheaders, you know. Um, that's what we expect of her, and that's what she expects of herself, and, and we need that from her. How about that double play in game two? Uh, Bats coming in from center field to cover second? Yes. That was something. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, we knew that that was definitely a high percentage bunt play, and so moving our outfielders into, you know, with our corners charging and a couple runners on base, you know, we knew it was important that we have all of our bases covered. And Caroline's speed, you can't teach, and that's a game-changing play right there. Julia to make the play and then to think secondary – to then get that second out is also fantastic. I mean, um, 
start to finish on that play. KP has to hit the pitch too. Yeah. You know, that's where it's got to actually start. And she's got to hit the pitch to be able to um, have them pop it up. And she did. And um, so, you know, start to finish on that play, absolutely fantastic. I mean, one of the best plays that I've seen yeah. since I've been here. And the walk-off hit, Connecticut native beating the team from Connecticut, that's pretty nice, right? And you know what? I know that felt so good for her. Yeah. Um, and she's worked so hard, as we've always said. And for her to be the only senior to come up in that situation, yeah. I just had a feeling. I just knew it was going to happen. And I think everyone else did too. And that's, uh, that's really special. All right, Michael Barnes, thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. Russo is hitting 371 with a 450 on base percentage. Tops on the team. She went 7 for 15 at the plate last week with four runs scored and three RBIs. And Andrea Russo is our female Bobcat of the week. Andrea, we talked right after the game, after your game-winning hit against Trinity. Since that has happened, a few days have passed by. What are your thoughts on it? You know, now looking back on you know that doubleheader and what you the team was able to accomplish. You know, in the first game falling behind, you know, making it close there at the end, and the second game prevailing. The more I look back at the Trinity series, the more and more I wish we did take that first one as well. <laughs> sure. Uh, it was a close game, and what ended up happening was that it seemed like. There were just a lot of hits that didn't really come together like they did in the second game. Uh, and that's something that, yeah, sometimes uh, the, it falls your way and the game goes how it dies in, in your favor. But it's just looking back, seeing like, okay, all the pieces were there for that first game and how they just did end up coming together for the second one is awesome. And hopefully that momentum carry, carries us through this huge NESCAC weekend we have coming up. Sure, and then obviously you had the game-winning hit in game two, but that wouldn't have happened without you know your teammates getting on base beforehand, including a couple of first years there uh, with, with, with Pagan and Sato, and it's great to see them really contributing, huh? Yeah, that's like an example of how everything just kind of came together in that moment. Yeah. Um, and I love seeing everyone on the team contribute to our wins, and especially the freshmen too, and for them to be getting that – uh, pressure situation experience is awesome and can only benefit the team and uh, their future and uh, their future as uh, Bates Bobcats. Sure. <laughs> and then a sophomore, Mary Coletta, I'm looking at the stats and she's over 300 batting average. She's really contributing as well, isn't she? Yeah, she's really improved and she does work extremely hard. And this year I've seen her switch more from thinking about like, okay, like uh, I'm a catcher, this is what I do. And her moving into more of the uh, utility, playing first base, like she, she's athletic and she's doing an awesome job at first and for her to also see like, okay, well now like she's focusing on hitting even more too yeah. and like the amount of work that she's putting into hitting is really contributing and paying off. And then you personally have a kind of a new role in terms of you're more middle of the lineup now. How's that been going? Yeah, the coaches have been saying that uh, where I am in the lineup, I'm the second leadoff and I've really taken to that and I I've enjoyed um that position a lot because it, I don't know like I've I've never really been in that one before I think a lot of the times it's been either one or two and or even at the bottom of the lineup but now with the middle it's it's more fun I feel like I have more freedom to choose what I want to do it's not like okay like I'm batting two I if the person in front of me gets on I'm gonna have to bunt now I'm coming in and I get to see, okay, well, like, now I'm looking around, and I'm like, okay, maybe now it would be a good time for a bounce lap. I see, like, the uh, the middle infielders are playing kind of back, like, yada, yada, and, like, 
I don't know. I just feel like I have more freedom and more. I feel like I'm able to have more fun in that position because yeah. it's not as much of a pressure pressure situation as it was before. Of like, okay, like I I need to do X, Y, and Z no matter what. I get to come in and be like, okay, well, like coach has to get the bunt down. I guess like that's what I'm doing right now. Whereas like in another situation, it's like, okay, I'm gonna have to try and get one through. Like, I uh, get a hit to go through the infield or poke one through and. Um, yeah, no, it's just been a lot more fun, and then also the more RBI opportunities. <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this weekend, obviously massive weekend. You've got yeah. three with Bowden. You've got one more then with Trinity because one of the games got moved there yeah. for this Sunday. So four NESCAC games in, in three days, including your senior day. What are your thoughts yeah. on this upcoming weekend? I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I hope the rain holds off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I'm really excited because it – it's just getting through – well, first off, excited to play those Bowdoin games because yeah. uh, I think it was Trinity that beat Bowdoin. Mm. So that would be fun to see what happens. And then also those games are usually where everyone's, like, high intensity, high energy, and it's just the classic rivalry that comes into play. Um, and also it's just knowing that – these are extremely important games when it comes to standings. Yeah. Um, that makes me excited to see how everyone rises up to the challenge and see how we all come together and play together this weekend. It makes me really excited to think about. Certainly. And uh, Kirsten Pelletier, I interviewed her a couple weeks back. She said, yeah. Bowden's going down this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Similar thoughts on your end? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I would love to take a series, yeah. take that series. Um yeah, no, it, it would be great. <laughs> but that's the thing too, though. It's one thing at a time, yeah. and uh, take one game, take the first game, that single game, and uh, the next day, just think about getting that first one of the double header, and then uh, saying, okay, well, we did that job, and then might as well get the third. Yeah, for sure. So that's that's ideally how it would go, <laughs> um, and then after that, have to take that one from Trin. Right. Um, but other than that, I think I think we can definitely do it. We've done it last year, mm-hmm. and they've graduated so many seniors. So yeah. it, I'm I'm in, I'm interested to see what kind of Bowden team we're playing this year. Should be exciting. It's Dre Russo, yeah. our female Bobcat of the week. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. The track and field teams stayed in state this weekend with the women hosting the Aloha Relays and the men making the 45-minute trip to Brunswick for the 120th Main State Men's Outdoor Track and Field Championships. The women placed second out of eight teams, winning seven events along the way. Meanwhile, the men knew they were in for a tough challenge. Bowden had won the previous two outdoor state championships, but this time the Bobcats prevailed by four points. Sophomore John Rex took home the Frederick Tootle Memorial Most Valuable Field Athlete Award for winning the hammer, the discus, and the shot put. But the event that swung the meet on Saturday was the second-to-last race of the afternoon, the 5K. With four Bowdoin seniors in the mix, including a cross-country All-American, first year, Bart Rust emerged victorious in a time of 15 minutes, 10.19 seconds, picking up a crucial 10 points for Bates. Rust also took second place earlier in the day in the 3,000-meter steeplechase to teammate Nico Johnson. And Bart Rust is our male Bobcat of the week. So we get to that 5K. Going into it, did you know kind of where the team was within points and stuff like that? 
Um, I had a general idea. I knew it was close, um, and I knew Bowden had a lot of guys that can definitely score points. Like all those guys are very good runners. I knew we all, and then our team as well. We had we had very good opportunities to um, to come away with points and just kind of secure our position. I knew we were up, but I didn't know how much exactly, and I didn't know how much we. I think we were up at least. I don't know. Going into it, I thought we were up. Yeah. Um, but I, I just like I was I was just do do whatever I can. Um, see what I have left in that last lap, and hopefully it hopefully it works out, and it worked out all right. But yeah, going into it, all the all the um, Bowden guys who weren't running were like, "This is it, guys. This is the meet. This is where you win it." And I was like, "All right, well now I, now I've got to step up and uh, kind of ruin some day some people's day." But you know, I'll have fun doing it. So well, the steeplechase that involves water, yeah. right? So how'd that race go? Obviously, you got second to your teammate there, yeah. Nico Johnson. Um, so we. Uh, both Nico and I knew we had to double back later, um, so we, we kind of went in with it. We had a plan. Um, he's, he was trying. We were uh, earlier this season. I, I set myself up with a pretty good time uh, for the NASCAR for NASCAR qualifying and stuff, just to make sure we're in, I was in a fast heat going into which will be this coming weekend. Yeah. Um, so Nico was going. Nico was going for that same kind of goal. To try to try to get get a quicker time. Get make sure he's safe in that quick heat for uh, for NASCARs. Um, because we knew going in, um, the competition in the steeple wasn't crazy tough. Like mm-hmm. we kind of knew it was going to be the two of us um, working together and kind of taking home those eighteen points. So um, it didn't really. I mean, for for me, it didn't really matter who like how we got those points. As long as we get those points, we're doing our job. Um, so yeah, we kind of went out. Um, I tried to pace him through a thousand meters, um, let him go, then let him go for his time, and I was. And from there, I was I was kind of conserving and trying to make sure I was ready for that 5K, which I knew was going to be going to be a battle. Excellent. So, how did you spend your time between the two races? What What were you doing? A lot of jogging around, um, trying to stay warm. Because uh, when I when I woke up on Saturday morning, it was really it was really warm on campus, and then we drove the 40 minutes to Bowdoin. I was like, oh man, it's colder than I thought. I didn't, hadn't brought quite enough uh, warm clothing, but um, you know sitting in the stands watching the track events and stuff cheering on teammates i took a couple of took my turn taking a couple of splits for other races with the with the stopwatch um yeah mainly just trying to you know do everything i can to make sure i was ready for the 5k coming up and to make sure i was involved in the you know getting the team ready for everything they had coming up yeah so for you personally from your approach you didn't really want to have that lead until the final lap is that fair to say or i was okay with um Bates being in the front yeah. and us and you know taking turns on the front. Um, I know Jeremy took that first thousand. Um, Justin did an awesome job, kind of pulling the middle um, all the way through till about I don't know, uh, probably a mile to go. And then I I took a turn at the front for a bit um, before. Um, and I, I was totally prepared to lead that last mile if that's what it came down to. But um, one of the Bowden guys, uh, Sean McDonald, made a made a strong move at seven hundred meters. And I knew well this is his. This is his move. I just need to stick on to him mm-hmm. um, and just hang in there and hope, hope I can make it another lap and then give it everything I have left. Um, so, you know, he passed me with 700. I sat in until about 300 to go and then swung wide and probably passed him with 200 or 250 or 200 to go. And I don't really know how close he was. I th- he ended up finishing two seconds back, but I... Mm-hmm. It was loud on that final stretch. I had no idea how close he was, so I was, you know, I wasn't going to save anything. And yeah, just kind of left it all there. So you know, is the final two hundred meters kind of a blur, sort of? Uh, kind of. Yeah. I remember. Um, 
I remember hearing one of the Bowden assistant coaches uh, screaming, come on, Sean, you just got to stick with him. You got him. You got him. And I was like, I hope he doesn't have me, but I'm going <laughs> to, if he does, I'm going to make it hurt. Yeah. You know, we're going to make him, make him actually get me. I'm not going right. to let him get me. So, um, yeah, cause he's, uh, you know, he's a very good racer, a very good runner. He was all American in cross country. So, mm-hmm. um, I think all the, all the Bowden people kind of expected him to, to have me, um, but you know, it's just not going to save anything. I mean, I close. I mean, I think we. Were, I mean, he was in front of me with four hundred to go, and I closed in sixty-two seconds for that last lap. So he closed in sixty-four, which is usually good enough mm-hmm. to, which is a very good kick, and usually enough to to close it out if you've got the lead. But yeah. wasn't going to let him. Wasn't just going to let him have it. So you know, this, right? Took it <laughs> exactly. This race is interesting. Because, you know, it's obviously it's technically an individual event, yeah. but it sounds like it's a real team effort out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's not just the guys racing in terms uh-huh. of that team effort. I mean, like, obviously having guys with you, um, they're just kind of, like, we work out together, like, every day. We run together every day. So just knowing um, how they race, how they run, um, and how you run with them, it's kind of, it, it's relaxing and makes it a lot easier um, to kind of just sit in, stay relaxed, because it's, an, like... 5k is a pain fest and just filled with like a lot of adrenaline but at the same time you need to realize okay i'm here i'm on this track for 3.1 miles um i should probably you know take a couple breaths calm down a little bit and just just wait it'll the race will come to us so it was it was really great having all those guys like having the guys on the track but um i remember just going around and seeing like every single one of my teammates standing on the like standing on the infield i'd see them on the on the back stretch I'd come around and I'd hear I'd hear him on the home stretch. So and every time I, I kept like accidentally making eye contact with people. I wasn't really trying to. I would just look like glance over and like I just lock eyes with all my teammates. And a couple times I couldn't help smiling because I was like, this is this is a ton of fun. This yeah. is this is the energy that I you know that's just so fun to race in. Um, so I mean that was that was great just having everyone there. Like I mean it was loud too. Yeah. So you know you didn't have to. You weren't listening too much to like what's going on right with you. you could, so it was again another distraction from kind of what you're even even at a time when you're not necessarily trying to be distracted. But any little bit helps, you know. Right. Yeah. Sounds good. Bart Rust, Mail Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you very much for having me. On Monday, the NASCAR rewarded the Bobcats' incredible depth in the throws by naming senior Tyler Harrington the men's field performer of the week. Harrington scored a combined 26 team points over four events, winning the javelin throw, placing second to teammate John Rex in the shot put, fishing third in the hammer, and fifth in the discus. NASCAR field performer of the week, Tyler Harrington with us here on the Bobcast. And Tyler, a PR for you in the shot put. Got second to your teammate Johnny Rex in that event, the main state meet. Bunch of other great performances as well, but tell us about the shot put and what was really clicking for you. Yeah, I mean, the last few weeks I've been uh, hitting that throw pretty well in practice, so I, I just kind of put it together in a meet, and uh, and it was it finally came together with my last throw. I was kind of frustrated earlier in the meet with it, and uh, when I finally hit it, I was pretty excited, so it was great to move up from, I think, fifth to second on that throw, so it was a big throw for us, and it was great, so... Right, I mean, even like one throw, like from yeah. one throw can swing a meet because what, what a four point difference between the teams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was a really close meet, and everybody did a great job all over the track and all in the throws and the jumps and everything like that. But I think all the performances, like, everybody did their job, and we got it done. I mean, four points is like a really slim margin in a track meet. 
It's interesting. I think I feel like you know in your career, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You had the most immediate success in probably the javelin, and you kind of grown in the other throwing events. How has that process gone for you through four years? Yeah, I think early on in my career, you know, freshman sophomore year, I was more of a javelin focused guy, and I think that's how I wanted to be. But I think as you know, junior and senior year now, how I've gotten older here, I've uh, really started to focus on the other events and really started to really. Um, like look at those events as something I can uh, improve on and something I can score in important meets. So it's really nice to, you know, score in all those events at the state meet especially. And it's really nice to start moving up in those as well. I feel like the mechanics of these events are totally, like, completely different. I mean, the javelin is nothing like the other throws, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> javelin's really different. The hammer is extremely different yeah. than the shot and disc. I mean, shot and disc have the same motion, you know, the spin. But, um, I mean, they're different events as it is, too. So it's, it's really interesting trying to work on all the different events. It's kind of it's kind of cool going through all those, like, different tentacle, you know, routes. And then, you know, winning the state title in the javelin, that's obviously, a, you know, a special thing. To, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily a PR, but still winning the state title, it's all about the points at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> winning the state title is definitely something that I strive for every year yeah. in the javelin. And it's definitely awesome to win it again this year. And, I mean, it wasn't a PR, but, I mean, it was, it was a good throw, my best throw of this year so far. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I'll take that and something to build on for the coming meet. So sure, NESCAC championships coming up. Are you going to be what events? All four again, or yeah, I'm going to be doing um, the jab. Um, I'm going to be doing discus and hammer because jab and shot put uh, they conflict time period. Okay. So yeah, it would be easier just to do jab and disc and hammer. So that'll be fun. It'll be a fun meet. I guess that shows how different the events are. They yeah. just overlap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they're probably like like different parts of the track too. It's probably just yeah. more, like it's, it'd just be yeah, it'd be tough. And then how about your teammate? I mean, Johnny Rex yeah. winning the, the the MVP there at States, taking home the top spot in, you know, the discus, the shot put, and the uh, hammer throw. He must be inspiring to see as a sophomore. Yeah, it's great. Like, Johnny's awesome. He worked super hard, you know, all through last year, all through the summer. And this year he's been just – he's been really improving. And it's just great to see him, like, you know, seeing him go big and all the events. It gives us all motivation as the rest of the team. Just, you know, we can follow up with that and give, give, give good performances as well. So – I feel like for outdoors, a little bit more variety for you guys, a little bit more, you know, what do you, do you prefer it over indoors because there's more opportunities for, you know, events to participate in? Yeah, I mean, outdoors, you know, I get four events to participate in, yeah. uh, indoors only two. So, right. I mean, it's nice to get a couple more events, you know, and indoors, if you have, you know, one bad event, you only have one more to go. And outdoors, like I have one bad event, I have three more to maybe improve on or, you know, do well in. So, it's nice having all four and all four are pretty different. So, it's really fun to see what I can do in all of them. For you, this is a must be a nice bookend because your first year here, Bates won the outdoor title. Yeah. Next two, Bowden took it back, and it must be nice as a senior to wrestle that uh, title away, huh? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, as a team, we, I mean, it was one of our big goals for this whole season was to win the outdoor state title. And we, we got done indoor the season, and we wanted to, mm-hmm. we want to keep the trophy here and win it outdoors. And take away from a really good Bowden team was really nice. And um, everybody contributed, everybody did a really good job, and I'm just really happy that we all we brought it back, so. You were doing so many events. Did you get a chance to watch anyone else? Yeah. Uh, one race I, re- I watched was uh, Bart Russ 5K. Yeah. Yeah. I know he won Bobcat of the Week this week. And he <laughs> that race was amazing. He held off like a bunch of senior bone runners yeah. who were like, I think a few of them were all American. So watching him compete there and take home like first in that race was amazing. And it was just really exciting to watch him. And that was like the second to last event, right? Yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, that, I think it was really close then too. And he, yeah. we needed that race. And Bart did a really good job. So. Lots of performances up and down. Lots of uh, honors being earned by the Bobcats this week. Tyler Harrington, thank you so much for joining us. NESCAC Field Performer of the Week. Thank you.
The men's tennis team is 3-2 in NESCAC play after a week that saw the Bobcats win 7-2 at Trinity before falling to national powerhouses Amherst and Middlebury. The Bobcats host rival Bowdoin Tuesday at 4 p.m., and they wrap up the regular season at Tufts on Wednesday and at Williams on Sunday. Meanwhile, the women's tennis team is 3-3 in NESCAC play after a 2-2 week that saw the Bobcats win a 5-4 thriller at Trinity and defeat rival Colby on Monday by a count of 8-1. Monday marked senior captain Bella Stone's final home match, and she made the most of it. Stone and first-year Anna Rosen combined to win 8-2 at number one doubles, and Stone rolled to a 6-2, 6-love win at number two singles. We caught up with Stone right after her singles victory. Well, Bella, this being your final home match, obviously uh, Bobcats have clinched it here with five points already. But um, what were your thoughts on the matches today, starting outdoors for doubles and moving indoors here to singles? Yeah, I think um, as a team we had a really great start, um, high energy. Um, we came out strong in doubles. Um, so coming out with a lead 2-1 into singles is always a good good thing but I think you know moving inside can sometimes be tough but I think we really handled it well and all of us came out like really strong in singles and it was just fun to be out there with everyone. I know as a senior you've battled a lot of you know injuries throughout your career so you know it seems like you've been pretty healthy this season what's it been like you know being able to you know play every day, every match pretty much. Yeah no it's been it's been awesome yeah it was definitely tough last season um but this year I've been able to recover more um and it's been fun to be able to like compete with my team and be out there with everyone. Um, and yeah, it's just a great way to end um, my career and my, especially the last home match, having the win. Um, it's been great, especially with this group of girls. They're a great group of girls and we really compete well together. I was going to say you're the captain of this team, so what's that experience been like? Yeah, no, it's, it's been awesome. Um, I'm so lucky because the team has been amazing. Um, and it's just it's a special group of girls that doesn't, you know, not everyone gets this experience. Um, so it's been really, it's been a privilege to lead them and to be able to be their captain. We were watching your match as we were commenting how powerful your serve was yeah. today. What was that, clicking for you out there? Yeah, no, my serve was feeling good today. Yeah. Um, my serve is probably one of my favorite shots, so I was glad that it was working out today. Um, yeah, I felt good. <laughs> and then for doubles, you've been working with a couple different people this year, but who are you working with recently? Yeah, so yeah. now um, I'm with Anna. Mm -hmm. She's a freshman, and yeah. it's really fun to play with her. Um, and even though she's a freshman, you you wouldn't even know it because right. she's super calm, cool, collected, and just great to play with. Well, you were someone, when you were a first year, you came in and you know played right away yeah. up near, near the top of the lineup, yeah. and so you could probably relate to what she's going through a little bit, right? Yeah, totally. Um, it's definitely hard, but she makes it look so easy, and um, she's been really good this season and been a really strong uh, member of our team. So this being your last home match, we're just going through your mind right now. I mean, yeah. you're, you're all wrapped up. You just won your singles match. I know. It's crazy. It's definitely a little nostalgic, a little sad. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I've spent a lot of time in Merrill, <laughs> and it's, but, I mean, the four years have gone by so fast, and um, it is going to be sad leaving, but um, my experience overall has been amazing, so... I'm just happy um, with the way um, my tennis career has gone here. And you've still got some more matches though coming up, Yeah, right? we got so, two more, which yeah. is exciting. So right. usually our last home match is the last match of the season, but we still got Bowden and Williams. So I'm, right. I'm super excited for those. I think we can do some damage and really come out strong against them. Well, Bowden, another rival. I mean, Colby, a rival. Obviously, mm -hmm. what are those matches like maybe compared to others? Oh, they're so fun because yeah. we're clench. They're, they're super fun because there's that extra kind of level of you know, we need to beat the other main schools. Yeah. Um, Colby's definitely always a fight, and this, I'm really proud of the way that the team fought today because the matches were close and it could have gone either way, but they, everyone stepped up. 
The Bates men's club ice hockey team just got back from a trip to China over spring break. Their three captains fill us in on their experience competing halfway around the world. Bob Sue, Morgan Dudney, and Ned Moreland with us here on the Bobcast talking about the club ice hockey team's trip to China. Bob, you were the mastermind behind this. You were the organizer. How did this come to be? I think everything started from last year uh, from the Bobcast venture. So I started up with this uh, idea that to bring the Bates uh, men's hockey club to China to play a friendly match with some uh, university in China. Uh, but after the, the venture um, program, I spent some time in uh, Beijing during the summer um, with the Winter Olympic uh, Company. And there are some uh, advisor uh, gave me advice to create a, a international college uh, tournament. So um, I started to connect with uh, some teams from uh, Korea, Japan, Finland, and uh, Kazakhstan and Russia and Belarus. And so um, I think everything come together this year in January. And uh, we got eight teams, including our uh, Bates men's hockey team, uh, to form this uh, international tournament. So um, also we got sponsors and uh, uh, just everything together. Um, and then we start to do our visa and everything just come together. Uh, and we went to this tournament on April um, 13th after our finals. Awesome. So all three of you played hockey growing up and everything. You grew up in Beijing. How did you first get into the sport? So I actually started up uh, skating in a shopping mall in downtown Beijing. Uh, I think it's a very um, Asian thing that um, the ice rink are building some uh, shopping malls. And then uh, I joined uh, a youth club and then started playing hockey. And uh, I've been to... Uh, some tournament in Canada. Uh, it's called Bell Cup, um, and I spent some summer in summer camps in uh, Baltimore. And after um, I think elementary school, there are not many uh, club exist anymore in Beijing at that time. So I joined a private club that um, we compete in uh, in some not really professional league in, in China. But like after that, uh, I was selected to the U eighteen team um, in China. And we played in uh, the Estonia Italian uh, IHF games, and I think after that uh, I applied to Bates, and uh, afterward I was playing in Bates club team with these guys. I'm curious how you, how you arrived at Bates, how you decided you wanted to come to Bates for college. Two reasons: one is that my counselor uh, gave me the idea of Bates and Liberal Arts College, and uh, the second reason is that I came to Bates for a campus tour, um, and I really like the environment and uh, the students and the culture here. So that's why I chose Bates. All right, let's bring in Morgan here. Um, you're obviously on the varsity soccer team, and you also got the opportunity to play club ice hockey during your time here at Bates. This experience in China, I mean, this must be at the top of the list of some of the most great experiences you've had so far in school, right? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, playing soccer and playing club hockey, playing both of those, I think that's one of the reasons why I like Bates so much yeah. is because it gives me the opportunity to compete at the varsity level playing soccer and then also switch it up a little bit halfway through the year and then play club hockey. Um, so I'm just really fortunate. It's so nice because, you know, obviously have all my soccer friends um, and then coaches there um, and then obviously have this whole kind of new realm um of all like the hockey players um so really fortunate to to have that but yeah this this trip to china has been absolutely crazy and i had no idea that it was actually going to happen um and so it's, it's just it's been it was, i mean it was 
it was an unbelievable experience. Um, and yeah, I just never thought it was going to happen. And then I understand that you didn't really, it didn't really hit you. You're going to China until like about two weeks out, right? <laughs> yeah. So the one, one moment I'll never forget is we're all sitting in the locker room before practice and Bob comes in with a stack of visas and everyone takes a look at their passport and they're wide-eyed. And so after that moment and when that moment hit, I said, all right, boys, we're going. Bob, what did you tell these guys what to expect? I mean, you, you know, having grown up there and everything. So um, I, I've been telling them uh, stories in, in China and Beijing and also my stories playing hockey in China. And I think one of the reasons I want to bring uh, all of those guys, my teammates to China, is to actually let them to know more about China and also uh, where I grew up playing hockey was so um, that's what I really expected and I think everything come together this time and uh, they really get a, a sense of what it is in in, uh, in China and what is the hockey development in there. And Morgan, I understand the team did get a chance to you know do, do some sightseeing if you will or some um, memorable places you were able to go to. Yeah, I think uh, my favorite place was probably the Great Wall. Um, mm. I've never been to, to China or Asia before um, and seeing the Great Wall was just unbelievable. We got to walk um, I have no idea how long we walked. Um, but we walked a pretty, pretty fair amount, um, and we could just see um, sort of everything around the Great Wall, and, and it was great. And it was, it was really cool because it was really foggy and misty too. Mm-hmm. So we sort of got that whole ambiance was was great. So I think the Great Wall was probably um, my my favorite place, as well as just I'm not sure the name. Maybe is it like the Silk? What's Road. the other one? So yeah, Road. was that the one with like the the shops? Uh, the so we 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 did visit a marketplace. Um, which I think is what Morgan's referring to, and that was I, I'm, Silk, Street. Silk, Street. Silk, Silk Street. Silk Street, okay. Silk Street, yep. and I think that that was awesome, just because you also got to see the more um, pop-up shops, and so mm. shops that have been around for hundreds of years. And if you think of contextualize it, those are those some of the shops are 500 years old. Well, America has only been around since 1776. Right. So seeing these shops that have multi-generational families were pretty incredible. How about the level of competition you guys face? Pretty intense, right? Yeah, so one thing to recognize is that the university hockey system in different it operates differently in different countries, right? Yeah. So we have a team such as the Finnish team where it was a conglomeration of six different universities. Or you have something like Bates College, which is a conglomeration of just one college. Um, and so what we really found was that um, we were competitive for stretches of these games, but other teams were just very, very talented. Um, guys have been playing together for a while. They were older in some cases. Um, and in one case, we played one team where our seniors on our team would have been the youngest players on the other team. So there was a lot of different factors to consider. Awesome. And um, Morgan, you know, I'm curious, you know, he mentioned, Ned mentioned that you guys, you know, obviously were just Bates. Were there any other United States teams there or was it just the Bobcats? No, so it was just us representing yeah. the United States. And, and that was something I think that, we were all taken aback when we, when we got there. You know, we saw, you know, next to Bates College, it says Team USA. It's like Mighty Ducks. Exactly. <laughs> and so, I mean, they're all. We always we always referred to it as like the Miracle on Ice or like the Mighty Ducks. And and it was sort of you know all the build up. You know, we, we we talked about it a lot. And then when we actually got there, that's pretty much what it was. Um, and I actually had a friend who was studying abroad in Beijing, um, and he was able to come to one of the games. And he's fluent um, in Mandarin, so he was telling me that the announcers and, and all the chants were saying Team USA, and they kept referring to us as that. So um, a pretty surreal experience and, and just really cool to, to you know, have that honor. Bob, from a logistical standpoint, did it all go off without a hitch pretty much? There are a lot of words being done uh, between me and the organizer. Um, yeah. We've been communicating a lot, and uh, I think we uh, did a pretty good job to put uh, this tournament together for the first time ever because uh, this tournament is uh, – 
I think it's the first ever um, international college tournament in China. Mm-hmm. So it means a lot to uh, China and also China hockey. Um, and I think uh, they're going to make it the next year. So I really hope that we can go uh, go on this further with that base hockey and also this tournament. You all seniors? We're all seniors. Okay. Yeah. So what we hope to uh, we yeah. hope to give some uh, legacy in this yeah. program and also. Um, to uh, let that Bates uh, hockey team to be in this tournament uh, for the future. Do you have what do you do you have post college plans in your mind right now or anything? Uh, I, I'll probably uh, uh, go to grad school, mm-hmm. uh, but not sure yet. Um, but I would definitely help on with this tournament and uh, make it more uh, legit in the future and uh, just uh, in general. Yeah. Yeah, Morgan, are you excited to see where this thing goes? Kind of. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think Bob has, has talked about the possibility of of having Bates um, back at the tournament. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be a really great opportunity for, for the program, but um, I think it's also also really great for China as a whole. I think that, you know, we aren't professionals, but I think it's still exposing China um, and the Chinese people to hockey and maybe at a more accessible level than the professionals. So I think that, you know, this tournament, this was the first year that, that, they, that they did it, um, but I think that it's sort of um, really important in sort of popularizing um, hockey in China. So Ned, is the season for you guys wrapped up? Do you have more games on tap? Uh, we're all wrapped up officially, wrapped up. so just tying loose ends here. Yep. But um, this was definitely one huge way we could cap it off. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I mean, maybe besides this, which was probably the highlight of your time at Bates in terms of from a hockey perspective, what else has really stood out to you during your four years? What's really stood out to me is the way that I've been able to connect with a wide range of people and really the diverse campus, right? So we talk a lot about, um, well, I work in admissions outside of hockey, and we talk a lot about, you know, what does it mean to go to Bates? Well, what it really means is doing, engaging in projects like this, being able to take something from scratch and really making it something huge and something massive, but also something meaningful, right? What this tournament really represented to me was how the Bates community is really great at connecting with different cultures politics aside right so politics aside we were with the russians we were with the chinese team and if you look at if you looked at a political newspaper that say you'd say like oh you shouldn't be friends but when we were on the ice that wasn't the case and um, i think that it was just a great opportunity to really uh, connect with different cultures and bob do you see it the same way kind of in terms of a great kind of outreach between these two countries yes definitely uh so i think um i think there's two uh really primary goal for this tournament uh, the first one is uh to create a warm um, environment before the 2022 Winter Olympics mm-hmm. for Beijing. Um, and also the, the second reason is uh, to bring all these countries t- together um, to know each other in a uh, college level and uh, to understand each other um, uh, besides a lot of uh, uh, conflict in the world um, trade, I would say. Um, and also um, to let students to become friends together and get some uh, connections through this tournament. Terrific. Well, before we go, just any other thoughts each of you wanted to share on the trip? We'll start with Ned. Go left or right here. Yeah, so if there's just one word I could use to describe the trip, it would be amazing. I'm definitely extremely grateful, and I hope that, Bates, we can do it again. Yeah, yeah definitely. Just to reiterate what Ned said, um, really fortunate to be able to go on, on this trip, and, and it was great from a hockey standpoint as well as sort of a cultural one um, and, and seeing kind of the, the sights of China. Um, and I also just lastly want to – Sort of, I think Bob kind of downplays his whole role in this in this tournament. Um, he was the initiator of it. He yeah. sort of it, this was his idea, and and seeing it sort of all come together in China. I mean, 
everything was so official from getting into the country with customs to, um, you know, transportation. We never had to wait for anything. It was all sort of figured out. All of our meals were planned perfectly. Um, even after the tournament, when we were sightseeing, all of, everything was planned to a T. Um, and I think that that's just a, a testament to, to how much effort Bob put into this. Um, and I mean, it was an unbelievable experience. So I think it was really worth it. And Bob, any other thoughts you wanted to share? Yeah, so um, first of all, I really appreciate all the trust from uh, my teammates, uh, the school, and also the administration people. Um, I really thank to all the trust. And also, um, I would um, really thank you for uh, Paul Marks, uh, one of uh, our base uh, trustee, been uh, teaching us a lot through this uh, process and being uh, really supportive on this uh, whole idea. Um, I just been really appreciate to all of these people, and I hope uh, that I can move put this uh, whole uh, program further on and uh, to give more legacies to Bates hockey team and also the students here. The men's lacrosse team fell to Amherst and Tufts last week, but the Bobcats are still in a strong position, ranked 14th in the country with an overall record of 9-4. and four. Bates hosts Colby Wednesday at 4 p.m., and then the Bobcats will compete in the NESCAC tournament quarterfinals on Saturday. After also falling to Tufts and Amherst, the women's lacrosse team is ranked 23rd in the nation with an overall record of 8-6. and six. The Bobcats are at Colby Wednesday, and they too will compete in the NESCAC quarterfinals on Saturday. We'll recap those matchups, plus big weekend NESCAC East series for the baseball and softball teams, and much more next time on the Bates Bobcast.